Pretty exciting for me to talk to you because I know you're the market update guy. <laughs> I like to picture in the Bendigo office, you walk into the lunchroom, people start whispering and they're like, oh my God, that's David, that's David Robertson. That's the market update guy. Is that what it's like? Oh, if only that were the case. <laughs> Hi, I'm Saren Jayamana and this is the Life Coach Podcast. What makes me qualified to be a life coach? Absolutely nothing, which is actually the number one prerequisite for being a life coach. If you're anything like me, then you'll think it's weird that they don't teach financial literacy in schools. It's like, okay, healthy Harold, I get it. More veggies, less chippies. But what do you really think about life education? Tell me what a mortgage is or let me out of this van. So I've gathered a few friendly experts from Bendigo Bank to help school me and you, the listener, in some financy fundamentals and provide some handy practical tips along the way. Just a quick note that this episode contains general information only and doesn't take into account your personal objectives, financial situation or needs. Debt is a bit of a dirty word, but it's not one of those fun dirty words you teach foreigners. Well, Ramon, how about I use it in a sentence for you? I'm a little bit f***ed because I'm in a lot of debt. There can be shame and stigma and sometimes we're just in denial when it comes to debt. But talking debt doesn't need to be scary as Bendigo Bank economist David Robertson is here to share. Now, you might know him from the Bendigo Bank market update. I'm actually a bit of a fanboy. But David's going to help us understand the distinction between good and bad debt, how to think about and manage debt, and whether or not we can keep that credit card. He's your dad and mine, so sit back and relax, because this week we're rebranding the podcast. It's dads talking debts, but but not our real dads. It's David. Well, firstly, David, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for, for coming along. I grew up watching Tom Petrovsky on the news and Alan Kohler. You, it's like I'm talking to finance royalty in a way. So thank you and welcome to the show. <laughs> Great to be here. So, I mean, I obviously know who you are and I'm a big fan, but uh, for the listeners tuning in, do you want to just give us a quick introduction, let us know who you are and a bit about your experience and your background? Yeah, no problems. My name's David Robertson. I joined Bendigo and Adelaide Bank Group oh, about 19 years ago now. So um been in banking for a long time. Um, been in this role about three years now, heading up the economic and market research uh, area, which is a bit of forecasting, a bit of now casting, just sort of trying to explain where the hell we are. And um, with uh, some of the recent events, that's probably enough. Yeah, I'm sure everyone is interested in the here and now at the moment. While personal debt is declining or levelling out in many other countries since the GFC, according to data compiled by the OECD in 2015, Australian personal debt and household debt is on the rise as we rely more and more on car loans and credit cards. We're now reported to have some of the highest personal debt levels in the world, with the ratio of household spend to income at an all-time high. In fact, if the average Australian earns $80,000 they're spending a whopping $169,000 per year. So why are we biting off more than we can chew? And what crazy role model are we embodying? Is it home alone? Did Kevin McAllister do this to us? So today we're talking about debt, and I guess this is as good a place as any to start. Do you think debt is is a dirty word? Because I think, you know, there's, there definitely is a lot of guilt and, and shame that people have when it comes to debt. Yeah, well, it, it is a bit of a scary 
word. It has scary connotations, I suppose. I mean, it shouldn't be a taboo topic. I suppose it's the whole idea of owing someone something or the, the fear that, you know, you might be indebted or you might go broke or, um, you know, bankrupt. But, you know, it's, it's a very normal thing to borrow. It's actually a really healthy thing that we've got a financial system, usually with a bank standing in between, where people who um, want to get a return on money, they can invest that and then go through the financial system and then the bank can actually lend it out. And so people who don't have enough money but they've got aspirations, they've got plans, they've got dreams, you can leverage that debt and use it to achieve your aims. So it's kind of like a tool, I guess. Absolutely. You know, there's good debt and there's bad debt and there's very few people who are going to be able to go through life and achieve all their aspirations without, uh, you know, taking on board some form of debt. And it it certainly doesn't have to be a dirty word. It's not like an affliction you need to get rid of. Okay, well, that's good news. Note to self, cancel appointment with Shaman. It doesn't have to be thought that the person that's borrowing is in some way the bad guy in this uh, equation. I I think of debt as, as time travel. Time travel? Are you serious? Note to self, remake that appointment with the shaman. If you're here today and you want to borrow for something because you don't have the money today, but you know you're going to get it in the future, you're sort of time travelling to each of the paydays in the future and grabbing a little bit of those paychecks and taking them back to today. You've got it today, but it's financed by things that are going to happen in the future. I like that. That's a good <laughs> metaphor. I would just keep travelling to, fu- to, the, to the future to the point where the person I owed money was, had died and I'd go that far into the future and then I'd be like, well, that's gone. Um, <laughs> does get a bit messy, yeah, if you were perhaps leaning on a friend or a relative. And- yeah. Don't borrow from friends or relatives and also from personal experience, don't borrow from a guy named Tony Fingers. <laughs> I'll keep that in mind. That's really why I've got you here, to tell me, how do I get out of this mess? <laughs> All right, listener, but what do you think? I don't like debt. I have a little bit of debt. I would like less debt. I'm terrified of it. So <laughs> my mum instilled in me from a very young age never to get a credit card unless it was absolutely necessary, and I've never, ever got one, even though I desperately really wanted one sometimes. Home loan, to me, is probably a good type of debt, whereas a you know a ten thousand dollar credit card on twenty percent interest that you're probably never going to pay off is bad. It makes me worry and it induces anxiety. But I think debt, at some point in our lives, is a necessary evil. In, in my family, rather than borrow from the bank, we are more inclined to borrow from each other because there's like a zero interest. But you know, 100% emotional debt (laughs) to be paid. I would say it's probably best that I contact every bank in Australia and put a permanent block against my name for taking out money. (laughs) How much do you think, like, the way we were brought up affects our attitude towards debt? Well, I suppose it depends... To what degree we listen to our parents and the advice they give us. And, um, you know, I don't know that any of our parents or grandparents would have gone through through life without borrowing. Hopefully that whole message around having a plan and budgeting and discipline, uh, that's exactly the type of thing your family will typically talk about. You might ignore them uh, and you might rebel against it, but 
they were actually right. Yeah, yeah. That's the worst part is that you know, <laughs> they were right. Um, so it sounds to me, David, that even though we've got this kind of perception that debt can be scary, there is such a thing as like good debt. Look, absolutely. It certainly requires having your eyes wide open and, and knowing what you're getting into. It's It's basically a contract really. And so debt that might help you to... I don't know, finance a bike or a car or um, uh, even bigger picture, help you you know, buy an apartment or a house. You know, it gives you a lot of options. It opens up opportunities that wouldn't otherwise be there. Sure, with debt, you know, there's an interest rate, so you're paying for it. If I borrow today, I don't just pay back that same amount in the future. There's a cost attached to it. This might sound a bit dull, but as long as you've got a budget and you actually know where you stand, you've got a plan around how you're going to repay it. It's achieving a purpose. And so it's good debt if it's working for you, if you can afford it and you've got a plan around it and it's actually delivering on your plans and aspirations. Well, just talk about time travel. I can't stop thinking about back to the future. Doc, I'm from the future. I came here in a time machine that you invented to give you this money. Um, and just so you know, in the future, even though we've discovered time travel, it's 2051 and we're still using Microsoft Excel. So make sure you've got a goddamn budget. I'm off to go hit on my mum. So let's talk about bad debt then. I know that there would definitely be people listening who have debt and it's not necessarily in the good category. Yeah. Do you have some examples of things that would be considered bad debt? Yeah, look, I mean, I think the, the credit card debt is the one that often comes to mind when you think about bad debt. And not that credit cards are inherently a bad thing. If you're repaying your credit card each month um, in, in full, then then that's great. You're not paying any interest at all, probably earning a few points along the way. It's only when you're, you're lazy with it and, uh, and you're overcommitting, well, then there's the risk that you're actually just going to spend too much, not going to get anything in return for it. It's not actually going to feed into your prosperity. And then you're left with an obligation at a relatively high interest rate. You might be surprised to know that only 41% of young people own and use a credit card. And their credit card debt amounts to only about half of that of older generations. Maybe not so surprisingly, 70% of young people say the buy now, pay later incentives that lenders now offer was their reason to move away from credit cards. But are they really that different? Some of these buy now, pay later lenders are essentially resellers of consumer credit. And if you don't manage your payments, just like with a regular loan, it may affect your chances of getting laid. Uh, I mean, a loan. Getting a further loan. I don't have that problem. Don't even, don't even, don't worry about it. Is this the crux of good versus bad debt? Is like a, if you're borrowing for something that, you know, might grow your wealth over time, then it's worth it. Yeah, I think that's pretty, pretty much the definition. I mean, you've you've still got to enjoy life along the way. So uh, we can't just base everything on what its future value is going to be. So just because it's discretionary doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. You certainly don't want to just get into debt for a short-term sugar hit. But look, you know, you've got your dream holiday planned. You've got to do what you need to do to actually make it happen. 
But if it's being whacked on a credit card to actually afford that, then um, then I think red lights start to flash. It sounds – I mean, you keep referring to sugar hits. So I'm going to say, like, mm. you invested in the Minty factory or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, i tell you what, my first loan – was for a car when I was young and this was before I got into banking and I discovered well after the event that the interest rate I was paying on it was about 25%. Not sure that I really appreciated what an interest rate was back then. So in four Uh, years, you just paid for an extra car. I just got an extra one, yeah, but I didn't. So here's a quick rundown on interest rates. The interest rate determines how much needs to be repaid to the lender. So if the interest rate is 0%, then you only need to repay the amount you borrowed. If the interest rate's 100%, well, then you need to repay double the amount you borrowed. So David's 25% interest rate on his car loan was pretty high. But the main point is that when you borrow, you should always be aware of what the interest rate is and how fair it is. Nowadays, banks have to provide a comparison rate. You know, there's a a lot going on in the world at the moment. The way people are earning money is changing. We're moving towards like more of a gig economy. People are working freelance jobs. People have lost work for whatever reason. They might be in denial right now about their debt. They might be scared Mm. about their financial position right now. What are the first things that someone in that position could, could do to get themselves into a position where they feel like they can take control? Well, I think I think the first step is just that that fairly basic inventory of well, w- what is my situation, and I suspect that that first step doesn't happen as often as it should. So, have I got any credit card debt? List it. How much do I owe? What's the interest rate? Okay, do I owe anyone else any money? And on the other side, you get a, a payday once a fortnight or once a month. So, I go through the process of actually updating a budget. And I think that's step number one: is just well. So, where exactly am I? What exactly does my financial position look like? And then step two is, uh, you know, and you mentioned a situation where the, the work environment it's obviously been very difficult might be less reliable part-time work uh, and then that flows through to all right well what do I expect to be earning over say the next six to twelve months once you've got that use that to inform you as to what your your strategy is uh, th- there's no point having a bit of money sort of earning a, a little bit of interest and the same time paying about triple that interest rate so you would uh, have your plan around how you how you pay it off. So maybe before I start thinking about focusing on my savings, the first step sounds logical to really work towards reducing that credit card debt. Absolutely. To put it bluntly, chucking money into savings when your credit card debt is out of control is like trying to make it to the dentist on time even though you've just been shot in the bum with a gun. That's not the cavity you need filled, brother. Does the same apply to like investing? Should I be thinking about my credit card debt before I start thinking about investing? Or could I take out debt to invest? Yeah, so I think the two two things there are there's no point investing and trying to get, you know, maybe a 5% return, which wouldn't be that bad in the current environment when you're paying you know, 12% on a credit card. So you're behind on the deal, even if you achieve your your investment aim there. And then secondly, in terms of using debt, 
for investing. You know, there, there, there are ways that you can gear up, um, but, but you do that once you've eliminated all your bad debt. You're veering into some very uh, finance, finance-heavy terms. Gear up means a totally different thing in my demographic, um, which we won't <laughs> go into, but get rid of the, the bad debt. So what's gearing up? Well, basically, it's the good debt. You borrow money, take that money and invest it and make a return on that investment. If you expect to make a return that's higher than the cost of the debt, then gear away. Is it work out what's your good debt and what's your bad debt, what, uh, what's helping you and what's actually constraining you. You don't have to get rid of good debt. In other words, if, if you've got debt that's working for you, you're actually getting a fair interest rate, you've got your plan around how you're repaying it, it's actually delivering something that's of value, well, then that's fine. But clearly, if it's bad debt, as we've talked about, uh, it's costing you money, it's expensive, it's not actually delivering something that's helping you out, well, then that's that's your plan. So how, how do I eliminate that? And, um, you know, there's all sorts of tools and uh, apps. There's all sorts of help online you can get around budgeting, around managing debt and around helping you through that. That might involve needing some advice or some help, but that's fine. You've at least identified that you need So that. financial advice, to me, even as someone with, a, I would say, a moderate level of, of financial literacy. I've always thought of a financial advisor as like a, as an expense. Do you think it's worth seeing a professional and do you think that it, it is of value to people? Definitely, yes. And it's, I think it's very much a case of you, you get what you pay for. Ultimately, if we're talking about you know, managing something as important as your money and, you know, say how you make sure you've got the right superannuation, have you got the right plan to get a roof over your head if you're thinking about trying to buy a place. Again, if you're worried about your financial position, then why wouldn't you spend on financial advice? And obviously it comes back to how affordable it all is, but, you know, we all go to the the doctors for medical advice, so it's exactly the same with money. So um, it's a, an investment in, uh, in how to invest or an investment in um, how to actually get ahead. Wait, what? We, we should be going to a doctor for medical advice? I usually go on Google Images, and then I usually sit in the corner shaking. How bad can it get if, you, if you've got yourself in a bit of a hole? Like what is a legitimate fear? Can, can people come and take your stuff? Tony Fingers can. He, can, yeah. <laughs> he has. <laughs> so um, if you're talking about lending uh, or debt for, a, uh, for an asset like a, you know, a car or a bike or a, even for a house, there's security and whoever you borrowed from, if you're not actually paying them back, you, you might lose that asset and that becomes part of the security that the financier uh, ends up with. So this is probably a good time to talk about bankruptcy. Bankruptcy is a legal process where you're declared unable to pay your debts. It can release you from most debts, provide relief and help you start afresh. That sounds pretty good, but... As David mentioned, you're likely to lose any assets you have, on top of it potentially limiting your ability to get credit, to gain certain types of employment, or even to travel. It's a pretty serious thing. And really, bankruptcy should probably be a last resort. 
look, it's hopefully it never gets to that stage. But equally, you know, you're talking about credit cards before, you might get into a situation where you just think, oh, I'm just not sure I can cope with this anymore. So things like debt consolidation. So let's say you've maxed out your $2,000 credit card on a card that's charging you 20% interest. With a balance transfer, you could potentially sign up for a new credit card with a lower interest rate and transfer your $2,000 debt there. Often they'll allow you to do this with no fee on the transfer, maybe even a period where you don't have to pay any interest on that transferred debt. But of course, there's watchouts. Don't use this new credit card to purchase anything, because chances are there won't be any credit period and the interest rate will be very high. Make sure you repay the debt before the interest-free period is up. And double-check that all of your balance is going to be transferred, because if some of it isn't, you still need to pay it off before you incur too much of that 20% interest. A balance transfer might sound good if there's a 0% or a discounted interest rate for a period, but then that's not going to help you at all if as soon as you transfer that, you start accumulating debt again. Is it, is it a simple process, or do I have to go talk oh. to the bank, or...? Well, I think ultimately you you need to go and speak to a bank. (laughs) You don't have an aversion to that. Um, Yeah, it it sounded like I do, but I'm talking to you right now, so I'm very comfortable. Yeah. Look, again, it just comes down to actually, all right, let's have another discussion with a a friendly financial institution, put it on the line, here's my situation, can I just go to one single loan with one single interest rate and here's my plan around how I'm going to pay it off. Is that history or legacy going to follow me if if I've made some mistakes in the past? Is that it? Have I written myself off or...? Oh, not not necessarily. I mean, um, it's not as though if you've had issues in the past uh, and then you've addressed them that that's a, that's a legacy that works against you. It's it's just a case of uh, to what degree have you learned from those errors and how are you going to make sure that you're, you're going to get it right in the future? So it, it sounds like it, rather than trying to run from the problem and ignore it, it's, it's a pretty high priority to kind of start working towards bringing that down. Absolutely, because if, if you don't attend to it, then it's just going to make things worse. In the same way that you might have a fortnightly or a monthly plan around investing, uh, as you were just mentioning, uh, you, you can have that, that uh, predetermined amount already applied for paying down debt. It's having a predetermined amount that you want to apply to it, and then you've worked out what's left over for day-to-day living and also for your sort of discretionary spending. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the plan is essential. There's no getting around it. It's clear a large part of debt is mental, like psychological. Not like, that's mental, just like it's in your head, which is mental. In next week's episode, I speak to behavioural expert Dee Monaghan all about the psychology of money. It's a must listen. But I thought that this particular comment from her was pretty useful to hear right now. So for me, it comes down to emotions because emotions aren't all bad. They tell you what to be passionate about. They tell you about what really matters to you. They make you feel alive. Um, Anxiety isn't all bad either. A mild level of anxiety can be quite motivating. And when you think about emotions in the context of debt, they can actually help you to set where your appetite might be and help you to harness and tackle what you need to face because debt can be 
a, a very powerful lever to get what you want, but you need to understand what's the emotion that I have with debt. So am I fearful of it? Am I anxious about it? Do I feel guilty about the volume of debt? Do I feel excited about it? So, you know, there's, I think, a few angles there. It's no secret that the gig economy is growing and more and more of us are working in a freelance capacity. That means rather than getting that little bit of cash back at tax time, we might actually be staring at a return telling us we owe the tax man some money. Is anyone scarier than Tony Fingers? It's the tax man. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the difference between sort of PAYG, pay as you go, tax where it just comes out and you don't need to worry about it versus a situation where actually you might need to owe the tax man something at the end of the year and you've got to budget for that. Uh, I keep coming back to budgeting, but uh, that's the sad reality. Is that, a, is that a good or a bad debt? Oh, look, I mean, that's just, that's just something that it's necessary to pay back. Uh, there's no getting around it. But I'd classify it somewhere in between. It's just a look, you just can't overlook it. So it, it forms part of your business plan, your, your budget plan. If you're in a situation where you're actually not that confident that your income stream's necessarily as reliable as you'd like it to be, well, then you just you wouldn't take on as much debt and you'd uh, you'd limit yourself. What about hex and help debt? Would you put that which basket, good or bad? Or I think that's definitely good debt. Look, given uh, tertiary education, other forms of education aren't free. You know, really, what you've got there is the government is really taken on the debt in the first instance and you've got to pay them back. Now, the two really good things about that are firstly, you don't really pay interest on that. There's a, I think they call it an indexing on it. On it. So there's like an, an inflation adjustment, but it's not as though it's got a high interest rate. And so that's good. And secondly, you don't actually have to pay it back until you're earning over a certain threshold. So that sort of ticks all the boxes for good debt. It's great for you to get your education to give you more options in terms of employment and what, what you want to do. It's great that you uh, have a very fair deal on the debt. In other words, it's really low interest rate, basically just whatever the inflation rate is. And it's great that you've got time on your side. Uh, there's no rush to pay it off. So that's that's a good deal. Yeah, it, it is a great deal. And as an accountant who now does comedy, I know all about um, earning below a threshold. <laughs> I'm an expert in earning below a threshold. Now that, that's just a gag, guys. I, I'm doing fine. Thank you for supporting live comedy. So, David, I think it's like pretty clear your advice is that you've got to take control. You've got to plan, you know, going into it with foresight and with kind of an informed attitude. Yep. What about a final takeaway, a little piece of wisdom that a, the market update guy can share with all of us? It's important to appreciate that debt is a very common part of life, your financial life, and pretty much everyone has some degree of debt. There's no shame attached to it. Again, there's lots of examples where it is a good idea to go into debt and and that what you're borrowing for is going to be really helpful for you uh, in the years ahead. But there's plenty of examples where it's clearly not. And if you're honest with yourself, you know it's not. It's something that you just need to fess up to or understand where you where you sit on the scale. And as long as you've got the right advice around you, then that's that's the key to actually it 
being your friend and not your foe. Uh, once you research it and once you embrace it, it can be a, a healthy part of y- your life plan. So there you have it. Debt is a fact of life, and that's not a bad thing. A neat way to think of debt is that it can help you to pay for things today using money that you wouldn't have until the future. But there's a catch, or more accurately, a cost. Enter the concept of good versus bad debt. Debt can open up opportunities that otherwise wouldn't be there. Without some form of financing, buying that first home or launching that business might never happen. The key is to know what you're heading into. Debt that's helping you achieve something where you've got a plan for how to repay it, well, that's good debt. On the other hand, if you have a debt that's not helping you achieve something, is costing you more and more, for example, credit card debt, and you don't have a plan to repay what you owe, well, that's a bad debt. A good rule of thumb is if you can pay for it yourself now, then use your own money. And for the advanced players, well, sure, you can use a credit card as long as you make and keep the commitment to repay what you owe monthly. So, Seren, what does this mean for me, you ask? Well, first step, look at what you owe and figure out if it's a good or a bad debt. Next, make a plan to pay down that debt, making any of the bad debt a priority. And if you need help to figure out how you'll manage to pay it down, talk to a financial advisor. Reach out to people you know who've worked with financial advisors to see if there's anyone that they recommend. And remember, don't be afraid of debt. If you're smart, you understand all the terms and conditions, interest rates and fees, and you make a plan for how you're going to repay it, then debt can really be a tool that will help you achieve things you otherwise wouldn't be able to. And then last question, if you only had uh, your last $20 of credit before you maxed out your credit card, what would you spend it on? Wow, that is an interesting question. What's most important in the world to David Robertson? The guy who's got it all, the market update guy. <laughs> I think I'd use my last $20 of credit to um, catch up with the kids and to tell them not to uh, get into as much debt as I got into in my credit card if it was just about to be maxed out. Yeah, okay. That's great advice. I thought you'd say pay off the car, but you're still <laughs> probably still paying up. <laughs> So thanks to David and all our contributors. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us on Instagram at Bendigo Bank Official or tweet us at Bendigo Bank. Check out our other great episodes on everything from the psychology of money to how to actually buy a house to how to survive COVID. Well, financially anyway. You can find out more about everything we've spoken about today at bendigobank.com.au forward slash lifecoachpodcast. A quick reminder that the views expressed in this podcast are solely those of the relevant individual and do not necessarily reflect the views or opinions of the Bendigo and Adelaide Bank Group. The information contained is current as at November 2020 and is subject to change without notice. Before making any investment or financial decision, you should seek independent advice and read the appropriate disclosure documents. This podcast was created for Bendigo Bank by Subversus and written and produced by Tanya Barbich, Jason Sukadana and me, Saren Jayamana. Also produced by Holly Jane and junior produced and researched by Tom Atkinson. All recording and post-production by Versus Studio.